mean, Emily is always late. I knew that's what she was going to say. <laughs> always late and always has like an excuse. Always has an excuse. Like, no, but this time, this time I was late because XYZ. The Uber canceled um, on me and I had to get another yeah. one. <laughs> On today's special episodes, we welcome back Broadcast Bulletin. We welcome not one, but two guests of the program. Ashley Wilson is a former news anchor who's worked in Salisbury, well, Maryland. parts of Salisbury are under construction in what seems to be a revitalization effort. Toledo, Ohio. A local fire department is facing a $1 million shortfall here pretty soon. And, and most recently in Baltimore, Maryland. Education wants to hear from you about Lansdowne Elementary School. Viewers might also know her under her maiden name of Ashley James, as that's what she used during her time in TV. Joining her is one of her best friends, Surprise. Emily Voss is also a former TV news anchor. She's worked in markets including Grand Junction, Colorado, Lansing, Michigan, Palm Springs, California. Getting back to school supplies is not an easy task. Welcome to WTOL 11 News at 6. I'm Emily Voss. And most recently in Toledo, Ohio, where she spent most of that time as the main evening anchor during her last five years in the business. She hasn't completely dipped her toes out of the news, though, as you might have seen her interviews on behalf of Carfax, an automotive data company primarily in the business of selling vehicle history reports. I'm your host for Broadcast Bulletin, Jim Stanton, and welcome for episode 11, From TV Co-Anchors to Friends for Life. Guys, how are you doing this morning? Good. Yeah, good. Thanks for having us, and thanks for letting us come on together. Absolutely. Uh, I know this was your idea. You were like, let's bring my friend on. She might want to do it. <laughs> I just wanted some moral support. I just wanted somebody near me. We were supposed to do this together, but I'm like fighting a cold and didn't want to get Emily and, and her baby sick. But um, I was hoping she'd be like sitting next to me. So I could just be like, it would be like old times when we were angry. Ashley together. has a way of getting, roping me into a lot of different things. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> All right. So whoever wants to go first. Give us your story. Where did you grow up? When did your interest in reporting news first start to develop? You can go, Ash. Okay, I will start. Um, so I grew up in in Delaware. Um, I'm one of five kids. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because when I look at news now, um, I'm just like, Delaware, we got our, our news from the Philadelphia market. Um, and growing up in just a somewhat small town in Delaware, I was like, how do you even do that? Like, how would you even Philadelphia? How, like, who do you call? So I just, I always knew I loved sort of um, telling stories and talking. I mean, if I could tell you how many people have said, I've never met somebody who talks more than you, I could, you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said that I'd be rich, but I just... I love that. And I, I love sort of being in the know and, and, and knowing what's going on around me. And, and it's addicting. I feel like it's addicting. And when you have that in your blood, I think it's something you can't get rid of even getting out of news. I, I still am in the morning checking and you just want to be in the know and know what's going on around you. But anyway, so back to being young and, and in Delaware, I just had no idea. It seemed so far-fetched that I could become a news anchor. Um, and so anyways, I just sort of thought like, I don't know what I'll do. Um, but I ended up, all right, how did this start? Um, so I went to school for 
leadership. And then my what mom. What she skipped there was that she won Miss Teen Delaware <laughs> first. I have to put her on blast for that. Okay. First of all, Emily's acting like she's giving me credit, but she <laughs> always tells me that I competed about with like 10 people in Delaware because we're such a small state. It's just so rude. It was like 50. Okay. Um, no, I did get that. And that was awesome. That was like, got me a scholarship to college and that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I really just didn't know what I would do. And then I really feel like networking is so important in this business. And it started young for me because my mom had a friend who actually took us to the Fox news channels Christmas party. And it was there that I just, I kid you not, I was like hustling and like asking for an internship and my mom was helping me too. We were, and so anyway, I ended up getting this internship at Fox certainly had, you know, some connections, um, because of, of a friend, but then it was from there that it just sort of trickled into the next internship, um, the next internship. So, you know, Philadelphia and, um, and at Comcast and, and then, that's sort of how it went. And then after, co- after college, because I interned at the Fox News Channel, I got a job as a production assistant at Fox in New York. And I was like, okay, well, I've been offered a job really before I even graduated. And so I'm going to do that. That's awesome. I always wanted to live in New York City. So I picked up and I moved, but I was behind the scenes. So that was a totally different experience. And I think I was making like 25, 30,000. I mean, I think it was 25,000 to be honest, but I, I, it's so long ago, but I want to say it was like $25,000. So honestly, my parents helped a lot in making New York city, um, doable because I don't know how I would have done that. I mean, I talk with my friends now who had the same job and we were just like, how are we doing that? We would, you know, we would go out and we would do all this fun stuff, but then we're like, Oh, it was our parents because that, that was a huge, you know, they were a huge part. Of, of being able to, to do that. And then, yeah, so just one thing happened from there. And then I said, I knew I wanted to be on air. So I got a tape together while I was at that internship. And then I got my first job in Salisbury, Maryland. So Emily, tell us about your life story. Um, so I'm actually All the details. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> the opposite of Ashley. I'm an only child and I'm from the other coast. I grew up in California um, and went to university of Southern California, USC for college And when I was a freshman in the dorms, I remember literally the day I moved in, these two girls were living in the dorm room next to me. And I didn't know what I wanted to do and just figured I figured out in college. And these two girls were in the dorm room next to me and they were both broadcast journalism majors. And I remember move-in day, them telling me that's what they were majoring in. And I was like, that's interesting. I had never, like a little different than Ashley, I had never thought of it as a career or that's something you could do. This is my dog Murphy. Sorry. He's just going to make an appearance here as he um, snuggles up. But yeah, so I thought that was very interesting. And so that second semester, my freshman year, I took like an intro class and just really fell in love with it. What's very funny is that both of those girls, neither of them went into TV news, <laughs> broadcast journalism. <laughs> they went, they took the PR out after graduation. Um, and somehow I ended up you know, deep in uh, journalism, but I did a bunch of internships living in LA. It was a great opportunity. I interned at KTLA, which is a local station for their morning show. Um, I interned at CNBC. I interned at um, Entertainment Tonight. So I had a lot of access to some great internships to really explore kind of what I wanted to do. Um, And then when I graduated, I got a job in Grand Junction, Colorado, working as a reporter 
making $18,000 a year, although the cost <laughs> of living is a lot lower in Grand Junction than <laughs> New York City. I'll say that. Um, but like Ashley, my parents helped me and I don't know how I could have done, you know, those first few jobs without the financial assistance and support of my parents. Um, so starting in Grand Junction, I was there two years and I thought I just wanted to report like that is that was my first true love. I love that every day is different. I loved being like Ashley mentioned in the know and in the, you know, helping just to, to share that information with people. I loved reporting. Um, but then they offered me the weekend anchor job and it was like a $3,000 raise. And I was like, yes, I'll take it. That seemed like <laughs> a lot of money at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just kind of realized that I like maybe more naturally was drawn to anchoring. Um, once I started doing it, I did really love it. And so then my next job moved to Lansing, Michigan as a morning anchor, then Palm back to California to Palm Springs as a morning anchor. Um, and that's an interesting one because a huge reason I actually really loved Michigan. I loved the Midwest, but a huge reason why reason at that point, why I chose to move back to California was I wanted to be close. I had so many of my college and childhood friends who were getting married and having babies. And I really felt like I was missing out on these events. Like I was having to pick whose wedding I was going to go to and who, because I couldn't afford to fly cross country all the time or take the time off. And so, I mean, those are just some of the sacrifices I think that everyone in TV news, like we all make um, working holidays and missing out on like important events and people that we love their lives. And so I just decided, you know, at that moment, it made the most sense for me to go back to California because a lot of, I just felt like I was picking and choosing my cousins, all, all these people in my life were getting married. And I was, I was missing weddings of people that I deeply cared about. So I moved back to California for um, about four years and then ended up moving to Toledo, Ohio, where I was the evening anchor um, for the last five years of my time in TV. So spent about 13 years in TV. And then left and moved to the D.C. area where Ashley is. I followed her here. Um, <laughs> and we um, having fun ever since. <laughs> yeah, we've been having fun ever since. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but ended up working at a police department for a couple of years, which um, doing media relations. So didn't totally get out of like you mentioned, like I stayed connected to news, but just on the other side. Um, I loved working at the police department. There's a lot of similarities to a newsroom. Um, a lot more than I even thought there would be, but it was a 24-7, 365 job. And um, I needed a little more work-life balance with my family life. And so ended up taking a job at Carfax and I've been there three years now and I love it. There is a good work-life balance, um, but I still do get to work with reporters around the country. And, you know, like for instance, unfortunately with Hurricane Ian, so much flooding, um, you know, we've been doing interviews on the flood damaged cars. So I still feel connected to that news cycle and the news world and working with reporters in newsrooms. So there's still that I can't totally let go of that connection to the new to the yeah. news world. I'm just on the other side of it now. Yeah. All right. So a lot to unpack there. So let's kind of back up. <laughs> you didn't yeah. fall asleep to our stories. Yeah, also, was... Emily, you have a beautiful soft lighting. So oh, thank you. now I'm really upset I didn't do this with you. <laughs> yeah, you should be here for the, the professional lighting situation. I know. I'm over here. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. No, that'll, that'll help. You know, that'll help cut at least 20 of the questions out because you already answered like half of them. <laughs> We're done the interview. Wow. Right. All right. Goodbye. No. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned in college, you majored in leadership. Why did you end up choosing that? And what were some of the classes like? And did any of the classes prepare you for journalism at all? 
So leadership honestly felt very similar when I was looking it up to maybe like a communications. Um, and one of the professors had described it as really trying to um, kind of put you in the real world and have you do things with um, like real businesses out there. So I, I remember doing some projects where we really had to like, I think pitch ideas to, to companies and things like that. And so that, that sort of grabbed my attention. Um, but honestly, I, I think I was just trying to keep it as sort of vague as like possible, something that no matter what I did in life, it, it was useful for. And I, I feel like a communications and a leadership um, all sort of, all sort of fit that. So that's why I majored in that. And then um and then I went back. I actually got my um, MBA. So I just like continue to get degrees that really are serving me no purpose at this point in my life. Still haven't gotten a, a, a journalism degree, but um, I don't know that that's entirely necessary, but I do think that's great. If you know what you want to do young, then get in there because there are some time. there were times in my career that I was just like, Ooh, I feel like I'm kind of faking it till I make it here. You know, like I would hear terminology or things like that, that I was just like, crap, I feel like I would know this if maybe I went to school for it and I didn't. So I do think I had to learn. I mean, I did, I had to learn everything in my first and second jobs. Um, but, but I think it all, you know, it, it all worked out and, and, um, yeah. Let me ask you something. Do you think like you're, and I'm, I'm serious here. like not, I know I normally joke about your pageant stuff, but do you think that your pageant stuff helped prepare you too? I do. I, oh, for sure. I mean, we, we definitely joke about the pageants, um, but there's no doubt that that uh, there's, you know, there's like overlap in just sort of the business and, and just having confidence to get out in front of people and speaking and helping your public speaking and and all of that. So um, yeah, I do. I do have some pageants in my blood. I did them when I was really little. And then the only one I did as an adult was no, no, no. I did the miss the Miss Delaware Teen USA. And then I did the Miss Miss Delaware. Yeah. I didn't win that one. Well, And I asked because my mom, I did a lot of acting and theater growing up. And my mom always jokes that she thinks that like prepared me for a journal, like broad, for being on TV, right. For broadcast journalism. I'm like, there seems so different to me, but I do probably think there is like a link in being on a stage and the confidence and being comfortable in your own skin. For sure. Um, that helps a little bit. And I think as real as you are in TV and in news and you are being yourself, I mean, there's days, let's be honest, where maybe you're sick or you just don't feel like being there just like anybody has, where you're kind of like acting when yeah. you, you know, <laughs> when you go, <laughs> when you go to the desk <laughs> and you're anchoring for a show because you know, you're just a human and you have real life stuff going on that you might be in the worst mood or upset about something. Or, I mean, I think, you know, we worked together for many years. There's, there were definitely times like the makeup room, I'm sure we cried or we were doing this. And then like two seconds later, you're just like turning it on, like, hello, welcome. You know, thanks for joining us. So I see how acting would be very beneficial. And actually Emily is not telling you that one of her acting instructors was on Seinfeld. Oh yeah. George Costanza. When I was out at USC, I minored in acting and I did have uh, Jason Alexander was the, was my uh, acting teacher for a semester. Wow. So, but it was like, I'm old. This was like pre cell phones, pre like <laughs> there were cell phones, but there wasn't um like, you didn't have like camera phones or there wasn't really like, there was no social media yet. So I did, I think back on it now because he gave us like his home phone number and he was so accessible. And so, and I'm just like, I feel like a lot of this stuff and he talked to us very candidly about 
you know, the industry. And I just feel like a lot of that could not happen today because unfortunately people would like blasted on social media, but wait, was he in Seinfeld at the time or was it pre Seinfeld? Seinfeld had already wrapped up. I'm not oh. that old. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it had wrapped up, but not like not much before that. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, mo- moving away from that, when you got out of college and you no longer could see Jason Alexander, uh, <laughs> what was it like looking for your first job out of school? How many stations did you apply to before someone said, you know what, we want you to join our team? And what was the first job like? I'll take that one first. I mean, I, when I, I know I, I can't tell you, cause again, it was a long time ago, how many tapes I sent out, but this was like, you had to make a VHS and mail it <laughs> to stations. And when you saw like an opening, um, there was no, you didn't like email a link or anything. There was not, none of that. So I had to make a VHS, like, yeah, it was a whole process. Um, and go to the post office and send it in the mail. So you really want to, you really had to like want the job to like send stuff out. So I don't know. I'm sure that I sent like a few dozen of them out, um, but got a job in Grand Junction. Um, I started, well, I graduated college and I didn't know how long it was going to take me to find a job. So I got a job waitressing and, um, I think I got all the way through like this very intense training and at like the second week I got the job in Grand Junction and had to quit. And I feel like they were a little annoyed because I had just <laughs> gotten fully trained, but, um, and moved to Grand Junction, um, which was an awesome place to start. And the industry has changed a lot. So this was in 2004. Um, and the industry has changed a lot. Right. But back then it was like, you started in market like 180 and, um, so everybody at all three stations, they were all on their first job. And a lot of those people that I met in Grand Junction, you know, I'm still friends with them. They're still in the business. They're still like, in, they're in massive markets and they're, some of them are national. They're doing awesome. And, you know, you started in these tiny markets, but everybody was in the same boat and people from all three stations, we all used to hang out. We're all 22 years old. We all used to hang out together. It was a very cool time. Although like, you know, you think like, oh, you're living in the middle of nowhere. Like we had, we had, it was, it was an awesome experience. And I look back on those two years um, with nothing but like great memories. So my first job, remember I, um, I had done the internship and they had offered me the behind the scenes production assistance. That's how I got the first one. And then I made a tape at that internship and I sent, I, I can't remember exactly where I sent it, but I, I know I sent it. Oh, you know what? Uh, I know I sent it all over. I sent it all over because I remember I flew out to Bend, Oregon for a job interview, paid like a lot of my own way. I think she gave me like a voucher for maybe the hotel. (laughs) Um, I also like, I got out there and I was like, this isn't for me, but I would have taken, I would have taken it. Um, but I didn't get the job. I was very upset about that. Um, just like, but that's also, I feel like my first two jobs they did not but I didn't go there it was like a total phone this is no zoom it's total phone interview and then the higher like I took the job in Lansing without ever having been to Michigan oh really or Colorado for that matter yeah, yeah. so I yeah. know I at least you know those tiny stations didn't really have a budget to like yeah I mean that was yeah. that was great that they were even able to do that and then Salisbury um that was amazing that I got that because that was only two hours from my parents um in Delaware. And then also my family had a, a beach house that I was able to live in. So the commute was far. Um, it was like almost an hour, but I was able to live there and, and commute to work and still see my family a lot, which is nice because a lot of times early 
in your career, you're moving out. I, you know, the joke is always like, oh, you're gonna move to Fargo, North Dakota. I feel like everyone always used to say that, but it's true. Like your first jobs you will take, even if they're far away and small markets. But like Emily said, there is something really nice to a small market where it's a lot of young people. It's a lot harder, I think, to make really good friends as you get older in this business. Not to say you can't, we both certainly have, but it just takes a minute because you have family lot, you know, you're not able to just like go out for drinks or, or do this or do that after work, you have to go back to your family. And so, and I think like people, when you get into the bigger markets, like people are at different stages, right? Like some people have worked at that station for 20 years or they're, you know, there's different, they're in a different place. Whereas like when you take a market like Grand Junction or Salisbury, like, and I can't speak to Salisbury as much, but Grand Junction was like everybody that was their first job and everybody pretty much stayed for like two years and one to two years. I think Toledo was an exception. I'm sure there's other stations like this, but um, because even with Salisbury, I lived so far away. So I wasn't really like hanging around um, much after, um, you know, or doing a ton, even though, I mean, I worked with great people. It's just, it was harder for me because I was living so far from the station, but Toledo was a, a great mix of mostly younger, but also like some people with, um, you know, husbands, wives, kids. And um, I don't know. I mean, just like the sweetest people in Toledo, like the Midwest truly does have like the nicest people. And um, I don't know. I feel like that was, a, that was sort of a unique place where just. People were, did, we nice. did regularly hang out outside of work. Like, you know, we'd invite each other, you know, have housewarming parties or like yeah, you know, celebrate birthdays together. Right. Like, everyone at the station from all, you know, phases of life regularly hung out together, which was yeah. cool. You're negotiating for your first job. Anything you're looking back now that you didn't negotiate for in that first contract that maybe you regret? I did not negotiate for anything in my first job, nor did I negotiate for anything probably in my second job. Did I negotiate in my third job? I don't even know. I, well, I think I mean, you're like, so I think you're like so grateful or I was so yeah. grateful to like, be getting an offer and feel like you just like want the job so bad that I think that like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't negotiate for anything either, but this, and I don't even know if they still do this kind of stuff, but like at the time I was making 18 grand, but they gave us like free hair, free nails, a clothing allowance. Like all, there was all these things like already built in. Um, I don't really know. Like, I don't think they were going to give us more money. So I don't really know what there was to negotiate for. Like beyond that. And I was just like, I'll take it. (laughs) And I think that has changed. I'll take it. (laughs) And I think society has changed and the world's changed and the workplace has changed. And, you know, you feel like you almost feel like you're allowed to do that now where back then, yeah, you, you just wanted a job on air. You wanted that job that you wanted. And you were so, you were, you just felt like if I don't take it, somebody else is going to take it. And I think that was true at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you were just thanking them. <laughs> Thank sure. Thank you. you. I appreciate my $25,000. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the city that brought you two together, Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> so how did that opportunity come up? Yeah. So I, I landed there a couple weeks before Ashley, we almost started at the same exact time. Um, they were expanding. Uh, we went to work for the um, CBS station, but they were expanding and adding a Fox programming. Essentially they had like merged or they had a, it wasn't a merger. They had like a contract where they were going to start running the Fox programming. So they were hiring some extra anchors. So 
Um, I got hired to be the evening anchor for the Fox station and do one of the evening shows on CBS. Um, and I had interviewed there and I interviewed a few other stations, but mostly in the Midwest. And I knew that I really wanted to be in the Midwest. And I will say the other markets that I interviewed in um, and even had offers from were bigger than Toledo, but there was something about that newsroom. Like, and I was leaving a situation where I didn't necessarily like love the management at my last station. So I kind of knew like where I, what I was looking for very specifically. And I felt that in Toledo, like the two main evening anchors for the CBS who had been there for 20 to 40 years, 30 years, um, they, you know, they were so welcoming. And so I was going to be basically joining their team as a third evening anchor. And they were just, they could not have been more like welcoming and made me feel embraced and just like excited that I was there. And so I ended up taking that position. And then a couple of weeks later, my news director came to me and said, Hey, I'm interviewing somebody for the morning Fox shows. And um, I think you guys, can you just show her around? And in walked Ashley James. <laughs> that was me. And then, so yeah, we, we hit it off then. And I think we had, once I got the job, um, I think I knew, I think I knew on the car ride with our news director at the time, the car ride back to the, the airport that I was getting the job because this is funny. I read in a magazine, a good question to ask was it has never worked for me since I think it's actually worked, you know, against me since, but it was like, ask, um, what was it? You know, is there anything that makes you believe I'm not the best candidate for this job? And is there any, you know, is there any reason you would think I'm not the best candidate for this job? And, and I remember him being but I think I said, I was like, I just read this in a magazine. So if you are offended by it, like, please just ignore it. But, and then anyway, he was like, I remember him being like, okay, like you're getting the job. Um, we are going to make an offer or something like that. So I knew, so I knew heading back that I was, that I, I think I had it. And, um, and I was just excited. Like, I was just like, uh, again, it was also about money. It seemed like this huge pay jump from Salisbury um, which like looking back, I was the, an evening anchor there making nothing. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is, you know, this is a good deal. You know, like I'll be making so much more money. Um, and I mean, it was a little harder of a decision at that point because I, I had a serious boyfriend who's now my husband. Um, and I mean, we were serious, but we were still sort of, um, I don't know, maybe we'd been dating maybe just under a year, but it felt serious, right? Like I felt like this was, this was something, but I was like, I can't stay home for a guy. And so anyways, I, I took the job and, um, and we did long distance. So it worked out, but yeah, so then, we, so I met Emily my first day and then she helped me sort of find where to live, gave me some, some options. And then we honestly, though, we work different shifts. So we were friendly and, and friends, but we didn't really um, become super close until, was it when I moved on the shift? Yeah, you moved yeah, to evenings. When, yeah. I moved to evenings. And then I feel like we sort of became inseparable. And she started taking some trips to DC with me. And, um, and then, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was it. And then I moved to DC with her. <laughs> and then she had so much fun on those trips. She moved back. <laughs> yeah. Well, why were you looking in Toledo in the first place? Were there other places you were looking as well? 
Well, I was just looking at anything that had an anchor job. Um, I think I was looking, I would just, I think I would just pick cities and I would go to like each of their, right. Isn't that, cause I don't remember there being, I think I would just go. Um, I would look at the list of markets and I would just go to each city and I would look at each box, CBS, NBC, and I would see if they had any postings. And then when there was, I would, I, I would apply there. I don't think still at the time it, it really didn't matter the place. All right. So do we, do we sound so desperate now <laughs> in our younger years? We were so desperate. A, a lot of think. people like that. Yeah. Not just you guys. <laughs> so, okay. You were the first to leave Toledo. Why, why did you leave Toledo? Where did you go from there? Um, I got engaged and I had, you know, I just resigned a new contract. Um, and then I got engaged and then it just felt like, we just could not do the long distance anymore. Um, and we were engaged and we just felt like, okay, now, now that I have this ring, I feel like, okay, I can move to where you are. Um, and he was, you know, he was from the DC area. He had no plans on leaving. And I mean, I had loved DC. It was close to home too. It's two hours from my, you know, my family. And so then when I left, I just, um, yeah, I got, I got a job pretty quickly in Baltimore. Um, so that's why I left though for, for my now husband. Okay. Did you guys have an agent at all? Let's talk about the agents. Did you guys have one? Yeah, we, we both did. Um, we had different ones, but I got an agent when I was going to leave Palm Springs. Um, she was with Beanstalk and I think now it's NSB, I think is what they're called. Um, and so she helped me get the job in Toledo and then I had her through my time in Toledo <laughs> and then um, I left. And actually though, when I did, you know, when I moved here to DC, I, I was looking for jobs outside of TV, but she wasn't giving up. She was like, let's just like, she actually sent my um, stuff for some freelance work in DC. And I actually went on an interview here, um, but I just like, my heart was not in it. Like I knew I was ready to leave TV, um, but she's awesome. And I, I have nothing I've referred like, five of my very good friends, um, to her and some of them still work with her. Um, she's, her name was Jen and she was, she was amazing. I have nothing but positive things. And I, I know that there is a point like to me, people get, some people get agents like in their first, second job. Like I wasn't making enough money to me that there's not, it wasn't worth it at that point. And you could still like for me, like find a job yourself. Like, yes, it's less work with the agent, but you're also paying them like a percent of your paycheck. So you have to, I think there's a tipping point where it becomes worth it, where they help open the doors to like, and and listen, the business has changed <laughs> since I got into it in 2004. But at the time, I don't think, you know, I knew people that had agents when we were in like, you know, market 110. And it, and to me, it's like you're paying them a percentage of your paycheck, but you could get in market 110 without an agent. So I kind of, I waited until I was at that tipping point where I was ready to maybe look at like top 50. I ended up in market like 64 in Toledo. But like, you know, I think when I was ready to break into that point and I was at a tipping point in salary that it made sense to be able to give some of percentage of the money to an agent who would help me get in the door. Cause there are, I think when you get to a certain level of cities, it's hard to, it's very hard to get in the door to some of these major markets without an agent. And they just have those relationships built. 
and there's news directors out there who don't like working with agents. So it, it cuts both ways, you know, like right. I think that's, there's, there's plenty of people who work in major markets that don't have agents too. So it goes, yeah. it's kind of a personal decision that you have to make. Yeah. I think I got an agent in Toledo. Um, and he did, I mean, he did help get me the job in Baltimore. And I mean, there is something very nice about not having to like make your own tape and, and, then, doing, tape <laughs> and then just doing all sort of the legwork. But, um, but and they give you like insight too. I feel like the interview process is so stressful and like, sorry to cut you off, Ash, but I just feel like the interview process in any job is stressful, right? But there is nothing like TV news, the interview process, especially when you're sending tapes out because it's personal. You are sending like you as a person, <laughs> what you look like, your personality, all those things on a little TV screen to people to judge, right? So it is so different than sending like a paper resume for a job in marketing. That It's a very, very personal experience. And so I think with agents, they're able to offer you insight like, oh no, you're, you know, you might've seen that job posting in Indianapolis, but they're looking for a male, you know? So then you're not as offended because you can get the job because they, yeah. they have insights to kind of what the news director is looking for, whether you like meet that um, because that's just the business that we're in. There is like an appearance portion of it and they kind of, they know stuff. So it, it felt less like, I felt like the job search with Jen felt less was less hurtful because she could kind of guide me to tell me like, oh no, you're not what they're looking for over here. We're not even going to apply there. Or I don't know. That was my experience, but yeah. <laughs> so you guys, now that you're out of TV, do you enjoy having privacy where people stopping you in the grocery store when you were working, I'd imagine? Um, you know, it's funny. I think that there are different markets where news um, anchors and reporters and just news in general is, is a bigger deal. I do think Toledo was one of those places. I think, um, also if you're at a station that is, you know, I think, um, where we were was the top station, if not, you know, always battling, you know, one and two. Um, so people I think did know who you were. Um, but I think it was like different cities you could go to, um, and spend a little time Did you there. feel that in Baltimore? Well, you, you really, but also in- I lived in DC. Yeah. Um, and so like I worked in Baltimore, but then I would commute back home to DC. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really feel like that. Um, I don't know if the experience would have been different if I like lived, you know, downtown Baltimore. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It didn't, nothing really ever bothered me uh, about that. I mean, you have like your maybe what would be like your funny stories, like, oh, you're getting mail from like jail of people watching you and being big fans. I don't know. That just like never bothered me or I, yeah, Emily. Yeah. I mean, I felt, I felt like, um, especially if I went, I must look very different without makeup on and my hair and like a ponytail. <laughs> um, cause I felt like if I went to target looking like that, I could get, you know, totally shop and nobody would even like bat an eye at me. But if I went before or after work, like dress for work, I would definitely get stopped quite a bit. Um, and yeah, it's a weird, it is a weird, I never really was comfortable in it just because I do think it's like, like Ashley talked about earlier, like you have a, you're, you are yourself on TV, but you're not always in that mood when you're running through target to try to like grab a bottle of milk or something like, and sometimes I felt like they had an expectation of how 
I don't know. I'm just an awkward person with people I don't know, with strangers. <laughs> and Ashley's better. <laughs> She's much more comfortable and outgoing than I am. Um, like I'll talk your ear off. I'm getting more it. awkward with age. <laughs> maybe I'm not seeing as many people when I'm not working. Yeah. But. Maybe COVID like made you uh, awkward. I'm getting more awkward. I feel like I'm, I'm like very talk- talkative and chatty if I know you, but like I, if I don't know you and it's a weird feeling because they feel like they know you. Right. So they're walking up like Emily and then I'm doing this quick, like, who is this? Who is this? Like rattling my brain. And I'm like, I don't and then you realize you don't even know them, but the way they talk to you, their tone, it's so familiar, right? Like they feel like they know you and it's just like an awkward, yeah. <laughs> I, I find it like to be feeling awkward. grateful because you're just like, oh, that's so nice that people yes. are watching because oh my gosh, when you're like yes. in the studio, I don't know, people will always say, oh, do you get nervous? And it's like, I don't know that you don't even realize when you're in the moment that anybody is watching you're just like oh maybe nobody's watching even though you, you know that people are watching you know yeah on. and people will say something you'll run into somebody like even a friend later they're like oh my gosh that was so funny last night and you're like you were watching like yeah I just would and I hate public speaking along the lines of me being awkward with people um and everyone's like but you did it you were in tv for there and I'm like no it is so you're sitting that's in a, a big studio. misconception I think or is- you're talking in front of a camera <laughs> like, right to have a room full of eyeballs looking back at you is a totally different skill. Yeah. Than- People assume that you love sort of being front and center and you love being, um, now maybe you could argue doing a pageant you do, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but the truth is it is, um, it is still a different game to be in front of a live or, or, a you know, people sitting there, you know, if you're speaking for an event, um, that is so different than just talking in front of a camera. Yeah. And I just, I think there is just like, and I, and I'm, I was always great. It wasn't like I was annoyed by it. I just always felt uncomfortable. Like I was like a, like a weirdo. And they would be like, Ellie. And I'd be like, oh, ha- hello. Like, <laughs> I just never felt like it was, it came natural. Like I have colleagues like Ashley and that woman, Chris, I was talking about who like people come up to them and they just act like they've known them forever. And they're so good at reciprocating back that familiar feeling and I just like, it never clicked for me. <laughs> I just never figured no, it out. <laughs> I know you joke about, you know, receiving messages from people in jail and stuff like that, but have either of you actually received nasty messages or comments on social media from viewers? Oh, uh, yeah. What was that oh, like? Yeah. Anything negative commenting on your appearance or your work? Oh, yeah. Um there's one that sticks out in my mind. Um, well, first of all, when I got into TV, people would, it wasn't email. They'd write you letters like in the mail, <laughs> like you took the time to mail this to me, but there, I don't know why this is the one, like I was in Palm Springs and I wore my hair, like, like part way up like this. And this guy emailed me and was like, um, you should save that hairstyle for gardening. Cause you have the biggest ears I've ever seen. <laughs> and now I was like, Oh wow. I feel like they were proportional to my head, but that is so rude. But yeah, I mean, there's, I think with social media, so that came like a little, you know, that there wasn't even yeah. social media when I got into business, but social media, people say stuff on social media that they would never say to you if they ran into yeah. you on target. And even you sometimes know? people aren't mean, like necessarily trying to be mean, but just say things like, oh my gosh, you're a lot better looking in person than you are on TV. It's like, <laughs> I think you mean that night to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I never knew if that was the compliment or like Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I've had like one time I had a cop stop me and he was like, oh, 
you're that girl. I cannot understand you on TV. You speak too fast. <laughs> I, just, like, I don't know. I just, there's a million things that I, yeah, I've had people write mean stuff. Like, like they hate my voice. Um, I'm like, hello. But you, you are. I, mean, I still don't like my voice. What? <laughs> I mean, that's where, again, going back to even like the applying for jobs, that's why this is so different from any other career you could have, because it is you as a person that you're like putting out there. You know, people feel like they can criticize like your clothes or your appearance or your weight or your hairstyle. Yeah. And it's wor- <laughs> yeah, it's so much worse now with social media. Um, so it's, it, it gets very ugly, but. Yeah. But like when, what other workplace, like I can't imagine now at Carfax, someone being like, Oh, Emily, like your hair looks terrible. You know what I mean? Like nobody would, nobody would come at you with like, there's no other workplace where you would take the criticism that I think you take as like a TV news anchor. Yeah. (laughs) And people, and especially women like clothes, like people will comment on your clothing attire too, that you're like, actually remember, actually, I can't remember. There was somebody who wrote in like, um, that. Oh yeah, about the hoop earrings. I think we're I think we're in the same situation. <laughs> was, <laughs> well, well like they wrote because this is actually very like telling of Ashley and I, right? Like she's hoop earrings, I'm pearls. Like that's just us. This woman wrote me like a letter basically saying like she hated my clothing. She doesn't even she didn't know that Ashley and I had like a friendship outside of work, right? Like we just happened to anchor a newscast together at 5 30 for the last like year that Ashley's at the station. And she wrote me a letter saying like basically I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it was criticizing like my attire and she just told me I should dress more classy and conservative <laughs> like Ashley and I was like wait that what? is funny because I usually have these like big earrings on and I don't you know, yeah you I'm could, like, just, you I, like I wear black and like some pearls and like yeah and Emily she basically classy. said how classy Ashley was <laughs> which Ashley <laughs> is classy but it was just like a funny I was like wait, no it was yeah, no, but you would describe how Emily dressed as very like classic and classic. So it was very funny, but that's, yeah. Yeah. That's what you yeah. get. So but she was, it was basically a whole letter about how like my attire, what she didn't like my attire, but I, she thought I should be more like Ashley. <laughs> but I, to be honest, I don't remember anything standing out that like really, really hurt my feelings that I can think of. I don't know. And maybe I thought, when like, I moved to Toledo, I was, um, I was, uh, single and I was probably I was 30 and um I got an e- a, a letter in the mail written from a woman that said like basically like you shouldn't be proud of the fact that you're like single and getting older like she it was a handwritten note about how like there's nothing more rewarding in life than being married and having children and maybe I should put that in front of my career and stop focusing so much on my career <laughs> um which is like that's just like a very personal yeah <laughs> you know, and that's, what's just interesting is like, you're, you put yourself out there. And I do think people just feel like they know you <laughs> to the point that they can like, uh, I'm sure she meant, I think it was an older woman. And I'm sure she meant well, right. Like she was trying to give me advice or something. She's like, at the end of the day, all that matters is like your fam. but it's like, you don't know my personal situation, but they feel like they can comment on your life choices, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there was a time when either of you were sent out to a dangerous situation as part of your job that you didn't feel comfortable doing, but you know, you had to do it anyway, because that's your job. Well, my first day in Grand Junction. So my first day working in TV, <laughs> um, they, I was training with another reporter and 
um, in Grand Junction, there was a lot of like wildlife stories, as you can imagine. And the Bureau of Land Management had just like tagged and captured a bear. But I was like Southern California, LA girl, like ne- had never been around like anything like this. And basically my first day on the job working in TV, I went with another reporter, Stacey, I still remember. And we went to this like Bureau BLM, Bureau of Land Management, like garage where they had a mama bear and a baby bear and they had tranquilized the baby. And they were in this tiny garage and they were trying to get the mom down and they couldn't. She like, they kept giving her tranquilizer and they like, they were trying to tag her, but I'm like, what have I gotten? So I'm in this tiny (laughs) garage and I just kept picturing. Anyways, they finally get the mom down. They're like, do you want to pet her? I was like, no, no. I was like standing like as close to the door as I could get. But I had in Grand Junction, I did have a few bear like stories where they sent me out to like shoot a black bear in somebody's like neighborhood. And there was one time I like had to like run to jump in my car to get away from a bear. So like there were definitely some like I'm back <laughs> on that now. I'm like, what was I doing? Like chasing a a black bear in like a neighborhood. <laughs> like I don't know, but um, there were definitely some situations like that that were, I would say in Grand Junction, I had a few scenarios where I don't know that I was probably like, I look now and I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in that situation again. <laughs> yeah. I started in Baltimore right around the Freddie Gray um, stuff and the city, you know, was, was a little bit of a, a mess um there and uh so we were like me and my husband were like trying to find alternate routes like around the city because the way I would get into the city I had to really go downtown and through through the downtown and then sort of take another road and 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 go to the station and so you know you're watching all this um on on the news and I'm just like oh my gosh so I feel like my family is calling just like I don't know if I want you you know working there. I just, you know, like, Oh, should I just, should I say I'm not coming in, um, on my first day, but I do remember, um, just thinking, Oh, that is, but I don't, I don't know that I, I felt, um, scared. Cause again, there's part of you sort of that if you love news, you kind of like, you know, kind of being in it and you feel not that you're always safe, but there is some sort of probably false sense of security, you know, when you're with, if you have like a team, I mean, now if you're by yourself and you're a one man band, I could see how that would, um, be really unsettling at times, but, um, I, I did not have to do it a lot of, of that. I did shoot some of my stuff, but it was, it was stories that I booked in advance and it was mainly focused in healthcare. So, uh, I did have a story in Toledo that I did remember feeling, um, a little scared with. So I had a, a different journey in that I started behind the scenes and then my first job at a small market was anchoring. So because I hadn't gone to school for journalism, really my first reporting was when I, any reporting that I did here and there at these, at these stations. And so um, I hadn't really done a ton of it, which just in itself is a little scary. Cause you're just like, Oh, they think I'm, you know, I can, I know what I'm doing and I have to act like I know what I'm doing, you know? And, and um I think one of the stories I did was it was like sex offenders living within a thousand feet of schools. This was in Toledo. And I just felt very, I had to go knock on the sex offenders door. And I was like, this guy, like, what if he comes out and is so angry that I'm, you know, I have him on camera. I just had this weird feeling and I like was knocking on his door and then I would just like 
sprinted back to the van and the cameraman's like, I've never seen you run so fast. I was like, let's just go. Let's just go. He's not going to answer. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just have these like weird feelings like, Ooh, I don't know. And now, I mean, nowadays is just such, I feel like we were fortunate. And when we were working, I, I just think society in general has changed a little bit where, you know, I was scared then I would really sometimes, you know, probably be scared now to do some of these stories. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think that there were, there's definitely, when I was reporting your injunction, there's like those knock where you're knocking on someone's door. Like we had a doctor who was accused of like sexually assaulting a bunch of patients. Like, I don't know that it's scared, but very uncomfortable. And I definitely have knocked on doors of like parents who've lost a child in some, in like a murder or um, a terrible like accident or something. And that is just like, you will never get used to that. Like, that is never, that is just so uncomfortable um, and scary and not in the way that I'm scared. I'm going to like get hurt, but more just, it's just scary, like in, a, yeah. in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. Any journalists that have been role models for you, either people you might've grown up watching on TV or maybe some colleagues you've worked with. I can tell you who I just have always loved. I've never, I've never met her. Um, but sort of who I have just always looked at as somebody like, I want people to feel that comfortable with me and just has this uh, so much talent is I think um, Hoda from, I mean, but I've felt that for years. Like there's just something about her where I feel like she is just brilliant at what she does. And she's a way of making you somebody feel so comfortable and um, like she knows you and you don't feel like she, um, I don't know, just as like a person next door. And I think that's what you strive to be in this job. And so she has always been somebody that I'm just, I have adored. Um, She just seems lovely. Um, Ainsley Earhart from the Fox News Channel helped me put my first tape together. She probably doesn't even remember that, but she was also like the sweetest human. Um, So I loved you know, I loved her and I'm always grateful that she, she helped me. Um, and then, you know, just lots of people, I don't know if I can think of off the top of my head, but just lots of colleagues that I've worked with that I think you take things from and, you know, like, Oh, they're great at doing that. And I want to, I want to emulate that, you know, and I, I feel like even you work with people like Emily and I work together. I'm, I'm sure that we, you know, it's funny. We have, been told sometimes that we'll pick up on each other's like mannerisms because we're like together so much. Um, but I think people, like people regular when we're out in the world, people think we're sisters. Like we've been, Oh, are you guys sisters? Which like, I used to have way blonder hair and I'm like, I don't, we don't really look like I have like light eyes. She's dark. Like, you know, but I think that there's a mannerism in how we talk that I think yeah. you pick up things of how people, the people you're around the most, you pick up yeah. some of their qualities. And so like when you're anchoring with somebody, I mean, they're like having a good co-anchor. And I think for me, like when I think of who I learned the most from or like my role models were probably in my last job. Like I would say Jerry, who was the male co-anchor that Ashley and I both work with in the evenings. He has been there for, well, he's retired now, but he'd been there for like 35 years. And then Chris Peterson, the female anchor that I talked about that left, um, but embraced me. Like, I think both of them were just like top of their craft, like they both could have, you know, gone to a market bigger than Toledo, but they made a choice to like invest in Toledo and build their life there and stay there. And they just like the way that they not only were amazing at anchoring, but how they were in the community. I think there was a lot to be learned from both of them. Yeah. 
that I've even taken into like jobs outside of TV too. And I think they also made it, um, in, you know, Emily, when you had like signed your contracts and stuff, you were, you know, you were planning on staying in Toledo. You probably, you know, you could have stayed there for, you know, life had different plans, but, um, I think there's something to be said that people in this business always want to get to these top markets, top markets, top markets, but there's something to be said for being a big fish in a small pond and, and Toledo's not necessarily even a small pond, but, um, but you can make an incredible living. I mean, Toledo didn't pay terrible for that time. If I remember correctly, no. the evening anchors, they were making some bucks. Like Emily should have been <laughs> buying me dinner most nights, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think when I, so when I worked in Lansing, when I was like 23, 24, I saw that, that like, you know, this, you know, mid-sized market, these evening anchors, they had really made a life for themselves in that market. And I think that's part of the appeal of why I chose that job in Toledo. Cause at the time I did think I was going to stay in TV news forever. And like I had interned in LA and like the grind of like, that just didn't appeal to me. I did prefer, I, and I've mentioned this, like I, I do like a work-life balance and like, I did prefer probably the, the pace of life and the way you could like make an impact in the community. And like one of those, you know, more mid-sized markets. And so when I picked Toledo, that was part of the reason I chose it is like looking at like what Jerry and Chris had built there, that there was opportunity to like build a life there. I ended up deciding to leave TV news, but if I had, if I hadn't left TV news, I probably would still be in Toledo. Like, and there was, you know, you can, and to each, and that's, it's a personal decision, like to each their own. Like I decided that was like the better path for me, but like, I also think seeing what Chris and Jerry did, like they were, they both, it's not like they could only get to Toledo. They were, they could have worked in any market. Like they're as good as any anchor I've seen anywhere, <laughs> but they, they built a life there and chose that. And I, I don't know. I think I learned a lot from both of them um, and Jerry on the desk. Like there's nobody who can interview like him that can um, just as a co-anchor, how much he gives to his co-anchors to make them look good too. Like that's a skill. There's just yeah. like things that you, you can't like teach somebody. They're just like an innate skill. And he had a lot of that. So we've gone this whole conversation talking about TV news industry, but uh, you guys aren't in it anymore. So <laughs> what factors went into you guys leaving? When did you guys realize, okay, maybe I should get out. And I know you two left for very different reasons as well. Emily, you want to go first? I can go first. Um, Cause I left the business first. Um, so I left in January of 2017. Um, I, but it was, it, I had known for like a year or two that like there was a lot of different things for me. There were some changes in my personal life, but also I just didn't love it anymore. And, and this sounds so cheesy and crazy, but I remember when I was like 22 starting out making $18,000 a year and missing important moments in like people that I loved lives <laughs> because I live somewhere where none of my loved ones lived. I told myself like, if I'm ever not happy, I'm going to leave. And then along the way, I worked with people who I could tell were not happy and saw how miserable and bitter and just like not happy they were. And I'm like, I'm never going to end up like that. And I felt myself like there were things that just had changed in the industry. Um, like social media, I'll give as an example, um, had really risen and we were getting a lot of pressure to like post a certain amount of times a day and like do all these things on social. And like, that social media didn't exist when I got into journalism and, you know, the web and social really changed like how the newsroom functioned. And I just felt like a big shift, even 
you know, I'd been in Toledo for five years and I felt a shift in how that newsroom was operating. And I just, I wasn't for me anymore. I don't feel like I was being challenged anymore. I, I just, there's a lot of things that factored into it, but I just decided, you know what, it's time for me to go. Um, I don't see myself doing this the next 30 years, which is like what I see myself working for the next 30 years. I don't think this is it anymore. Um, and so I left, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and I ended up moving to DC and I figured like, if I can't get a job in communications here, like <laughs> help me because there's so many different paths. And, um, you know, so I still live in the DC area, but I applied, I interviewed everything from on Capitol Hill um, to PR firms, to the police department I ended up going to. I interviewed at cor in corporate America at the time when I was leaving TV news. But what I did learn was that, 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 that resume of having worked in TV, it did open a lot of doors. There's a lot of different companies and a lot of different spaces that are looking for the skill set that a journalist has. I mean, I interviewed at the White House, actually, like everywhere. And they're looking for their. And I had a couple different people that I interviewed with tell me, like, I know you know nothing about our industry, but you have a skill set that we can't teach somebody. Right. So they wanted somebody comfortable in front of a camera. And they're kind of like, but we can teach you and, you know, X, Y, Z information, but you can't teach somebody to do what journalism has prepared you to do. And so, you know, I think there is definitely, I know, I think we all know people who've left this business and have gone on a lot of people into PR, which is like the natural gateway, but there's a lot of different um, industries. And, and I saw that in my time interviewing, it took me about four months to end up at the police department, but I did a ton of interviews and they were across the board in like yeah. different industries, different, you know, from politics to corporate America. And the, the skill set that we have from our time in TV news is definitely one that like a lot of different people value for different reasons. And I, I got out after um, my second. Um, so I had gotten out before and then I went back. And then I left again. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be allowed to come back this time. But, you know, where I was, was I, I felt like um, on the morning show, it is a, it is a tough schedule and people who do it with kids, like God bless them. That is a really hard schedule when you have kids that aren't sleeping or they're sick or this or that. And people would always say, yeah, but you get to go home and you have the rest of the day with your kids. Right. And that is true. But if I am a zombie for the rest of the day, like, am I even being like my best self as a parent? I, I didn't feel like I was, I just felt like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not really present. And, um, it, it was, it's scary. And it still scares me because I don't know that I'm done with, with the news. I mean, there's, there's always something that I think like, I kind of want to get back in, you know, I kind of, but I also feel blessed to be able to be at home with them for a little bit till they're, you know, like next year I can send my youngest to like a part-time, um, school. And so that's really when I think I'm going to hit, um, this crossroads of, do I go back? And every month that goes by, I, I literally think of this, like it's one month longer that I'll be out. Is it going to be harder to get back in? So, um, I get nervous because people used to say it's hard to get back in once you get out, but it wasn't the first time. And so I just keep telling myself, like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm, that I'm done forever with news. You both mentioned that you are now mothers of young kids. So uh, obviously that would say that's more important than being a journalist, not to say that 
being a journalist is not important, but did becoming a mom alter your career trajectory at all? Or do you look at things differently now that you are a mom? Are there s- certain stories that maybe, I don't know if I want to do it now. Um, like a million percent. So I went back. So I left after having my son. My last day was the day before my water broke with him. And then I didn't come back for a while. Then I, I missed it. And so I called then my news director up and asked if there were any, um, if there was any opportunity for freelancing and there just happened to be, and then it sort of trickled back into my old role of um, morning anchor. And it just was like this sense of um, all the, the noise sort of that can be in a newsroom. I mean, just the things that maybe mattered before did not matter after that. Like, this is the easiest part of my day today. Okay. When I go home to a crying child, that's going to be the hardest part of my day. Like I just felt like things just rolled like off me so much easier after having kids, my perspective changed on so much, but I also think all those stories that we did and, you know, I'm not saying, it's not to say you can't do a story about kids or, or something that affects families when you don't have it, we did it. I like to think that I, um, you know, was able to connect, connect to those stories, but certainly after you have kids, those stories are mean so much more and they, um, they really do affect you. Anything that has to do with, you know, kids, kids, health, this, and that. Um, and you do so many of those stories, you know, when I'm single in 25, but like, you just don't have the connection. And, and I don't think you truly understand until after you have the kids. And then you realize, oh, that was such an important story. Right. And I, I didn't really give it that much, that much thought. Talk about your role, Emily, with Carfax and your previous role as a PIO with the police department. How do those roles come about and just kind of a day to life and major differences between news and this job you're in now? Um, I'll start with the police department. So that's where I ended up immediately after. And I was hired by another former newsie. She had worked in DC and she was running the media relations department for Fairfax County police. And so she hired me to be her um, deputy director. And then a few months later she left (laughs) and then I became the director and I was over like 20 plus people managing them, which was, and a lot of them were like lieutenants and sergeants in the police department. And that was (laughs) I don't know that news prepared me for that because I never was in a management role. And I do think when you're like the evening anchor or anchor, you do have a leadership role in a newsroom, but it's not management. So I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> um, so that was a, like Ashley said, fake it till you make it moment. <laughs> um, and then ended up leaving there because, because of like work life. I mean, it was like 2 a.m. on a Sunday, you're getting called because there was, you know, a murder. And so you're trying, where we would, tweet out what was happening. We would do a live press conference from the scene that we would stream on social media. And I'd be doing interviews with local TV stations. So it just was a constant, you know, crime happens all the time in Fairfax County is a huge County. Um, and so in Northern Virginia, and so it just was constant. And I just got to the point where I knew I, that, that wasn't something I could do for 30 years and sustain at that pace. Um, so ended up going to Carfax And so my current role, I do all the PR for Carfax, which really is a large chunk of my job is we just have all this data about cars. So odometers, recalls, flood damage. And I basically do interviews now. Um, Never thought I'd say this, but I'm a used car expert now (laughs) and just do (laughs) interviews with like anchors and reporters um, around the country 
mostly through Zoom. Now, pre-COVID, I used to fly all over and work with like investigative reporters. And now it's primarily through Zoom. But just we have data so we can localize, you know, pedometer rollbacks for a reporter in Atlanta and then, you know, hook them up with somebody who can show them how easy it is to roll back an odometer. And so I help basically reporters around the country put together these um, consumer consumer advocacy, consumer awareness stories about used cars. Um, and Carfax has, you know, the data to be able to do that. So that's the bulk of my job. And I'm still working with newsrooms. And I also think my understanding from having been in a newsroom of like what they're looking for as far as like, we need to provide B-roll and like find them somebody who bought a car that had a rollback odometer, you know, like the components that go into a story. Um, I think that that, you know, me versus someone who hasn't worked in a newsroom in this role, um, it'd be a bigger learning curve for them. But it's been, I, I have faked it a lot in corporate America because, you know, I started my first day. I didn't know. I never made a PowerPoint. I never used an Excel spreadsheet. Like I didn't know there's all these acronyms that I didn't know that are like regular business speak, (laughs) you know, and that's embarrassing to say now, because now I'm like, that's so obvious to me. How could I have not known what like ROI was, but in the, in the journalism world, like you just aren't in like, there's things that, so I would sit in meetings and on my head. And then I would go back to my computer and Google all the terms that like they were talking about when I was brand new. Cause I just didn't understand. And I hadn't like gone to school for marketing or even just like broader business knowledge I didn't have. So um, there's been a learning curve, but it's, I like that though. I've grown a lot. I know that. So um, yeah, that's, that's been my journey to where I am today, but I do both of these jobs still have a foot in the news world. And there's a part of me that does still. And I think that's why I like the police job, especially with that, like you are in the thick of like, what's going on and what's happening. Um, I think there's a lot of us that work in these that like thrive on that. Yeah. Now that you guys are out of the business, do you guys keep up with local news at all? Are you sitting down every night at 11 and watching it? Ashley does. I do. I, I still, um, we do, um, we do watch the news. I mean, look, I, many times I'm putting on kids shows now, but um, I try to, like the first thing I do every morning is, is looking through local news stories and looking through Twitter and just, and just trying to, you know, get a grasp for, for what's happened throughout the day. And I do think I'm also, you know, I, I do use Twitter a lot for, for news and trying to keep up just throughout the day. It's just something easy to look at. And um, I do find myself, we had a situation out by my house where there was this huge police presence um, by the Metro and like the police never put out anything. Um, I mean, it was huge. It was massive. And it, and I was so mad and I'm like tweeting them like, hello, you know, like, like what's going on here? How can you have this huge police presence and not tell us what's going on? Um, so I just like can't help myself in some of these situations, but I do, I keep up with local news um, as much as I can. I probably, I, I less than Ashley. Um, <laughs> she keeps me halfway informed most of the time, but I do. I mean, I keep up with some stuff and probably through social more than like turning on the TV at 6 PM. Um, but I do try to still, I still have that in me where I want to know what's going on in the world. So, um, but I'd say it's more online for me now, um, like web and social based than it is um, watching like appointment local news. You think that that tradition's pretty much over with? Because 
most people aren't really doing that anymore. Yeah. I mean, we do still, I do still watch it. Um, I do still like around dinner time. I have it on in the mornings. We get, we get a little bit. So, uh, you know, they've been saying that for years. Right. And I do think it's shifted, but I don't know that I could, I don't know that I feel like it'll totally go away. Um, yeah, I think, I think we've been talking about that for a long time and, and certainly we haven't talked about it for a long time. And there is something generational to it too. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like our 18 to 24 year olds watching the evening news. Probably not, (laughs) but will they, as they get older? I don't know. Like, I don't think we know that though. You know, I I don't know. I I still know a lot of people that watch the evening news like that do. And I will say for me personally, I, if I'm going to watch something, I want to watch it on my TV. If I'm going to try to find news online, I just want to read it. Like, I don't, that's just me. Like, I don't want to like watch videos on my phone. I don't really have if I'm using my phone, it's just to like quickly look at headlines. Yeah, same. I'm, I read on it. So I do still enjoy kind of watching, um, if I'm going to watch news, like sitting, sitting down or just having it on in the background. Honestly, that's, that's a lot of news for me. It's just having it on while I'm like cooking dinner or something like that. And I think that's a lot of morning shows too. You know, people have it on and that's why I think a lot of times some people would write in, they would like miss things of the story. Like you didn't say this, like, well, we did, but you were probably (laughs) brushing your teeth and doing, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think there's still, and I think still- when things are, when stuff is happening, I do like, I might not watch the local news every day, but if there is like a big storm or a major, like, you know, we had um, right. a bad accident that I was interested in, you know, like I do go to the local news, like turn on the news to watch more about that. So even though it might not be every night, like it is still the, when I do really want to know about something that is still the source I go to. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see over the next 20 years, like, because they have been saying that for a long time. And yet here we are, people still watch the news. So I don't know as, as there's more options, like how will it evolve? For sure. All right. What is something or some things you two miss about the news industry to this day? Now that you guys are on the other side. Uh, the people like I, I do miss the relationships in a newsroom. Um, there's just something about, you know, when you work together, like I always anchored. So I either was a morning anchor, evening anchor, you're working weird hours. You're working on holidays together. Most of the time you're not making a ton of money. There's just something about like oh, the yeah. camaraderie and relationship that you build. And news is, is unlike other um, businesses where you, um, you know, you're in a newsroom. So most of the time you're just, you're together and you're working together. And when you spend that eight hours at work, you are a lot of times spending it with those people interacting all day, talking the entire time with them. You know, I I've talked about this with my husband before he goes into work and he has an office and, you know, he might chat with people, but he kind of is hanging with himself for the most, you know, in, in his office. Um, you almost feel like you, are as close to these people as your family. You see them as much as you see your family, sometimes more. Um, so there is something very different to being in a newsroom and the relationships you form and, and, and really the lifelong friendships that you, that you form. And that is like Emily said, that is hands down, but I, I love news, but I, I miss just having those interactions with people um, every day. And so we always ask our guests, this because somehow food is always something we like to talk about here. Uh, some of your favorite restaurants that people find themselves in the Washington area. 
Ashley's the big foodie. She like always tries every new restaurant (laughs) on the scene. (laughs) I know, but I have to take it to like a classic. I feel like if you're going to come to DC, right? Like love Philomena. Yeah. Classic. They have someone making the, like a grandma making the pasta in the window. They decorate over the top for all the holidays. Um, there's nothing that beats Philomena at Christmas time in December. They just like, it's so warm and cozy and that it's in Georgetown. If you're ever in the DC area, yes. that is, that's and a favorite then, Um, Emily, what's the, what's the one on 14th? Um, the French, everybody loves it. Uh, oh, Le Diplomat. Le Diplomat. That's, that's the other big one. But I also was thinking when you said 14th of across the street from Le Diplomat is Barcelona, which is also like a place Ashley and I love. If you have a group of people, it's like a small plate, tapas. like a tapas place, but it has, it just has like a great energy. You feel like you're in New York or something, but I think it's a chain. I think it's in other cities too, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like a chain when you're in it. <laughs> well, like Diplomat's great. Um, yeah. You'll love it. And then Philomena. So those are probably yeah. our two that we would say. Yeah. Lay Diplomat and Philomena are probably the classic like DC. I know. And I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a foodie, like I will eat anything, but more so ever since having kids, like I, I'm not able to like get out as much. So every time we go out, I'm like, let's try something new. We're not going yeah, to actually, yeah, maybe anymore. not like foodie, but like she loves to like find the hot new restaurant and like want to go try it. And she reads, she reads the menu ahead of time and already knows what she's going to order by the time she gets there. This is like a hot topic. Like I know the menu before I go to a place. Like, do you read the menu before you go somewhere? I don't. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. How can you not read the menu? Like you don't, that is just so much pressure when I sit down. I, I need to know what I'm going, you know, what I'm in for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you two are best friends, but I'm sure there's a lot of things you guys uh, cannot, you guys can agree on, I should say. But what is one thing you guys cannot agree on? You never can see eye to eye on. I don't know. I mean, Emily is always late. I knew that's what she was going to say. <laughs> always late and always has like a very, like a, an excuse. Always has an excuse. Like, no, but this time, this time I was late because X, Y, Z. The Uber canceled um, on me and I had to get another yeah. one. <laughs> so um, I, tr- I, I don't like to be late. I mean, there's, but that's so at funny. one point I put my, um, thing where Ashley can see where my phone is and it backfired because um one time I told her I was on my way and she's like no you're not I can see you're still at your house you're still at your house um so yeah that's probably the thing we disagree on yeah give us a quote that best describes your friendship oh wow Ashley Wow, there are good ships and there are wood ships and there are ships that sail the sea, but the ships are friendships. And they always be. My husband sees this, he is going to die laughing. That was actually a quote we used. He taught us that. Uh-huh. You know, him and his friends did that cheers. And then we would always say it whenever we went out and had a few cocktails when we were younger. And we would always cheers to that. Yeah. And then we had that sign at my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> we normally play a quick game with our guests called 20 questions. And hopefully that'll just help our audience get to understand you guys a little better, get to know you guys and myself know you a little better. But these are just quick little questions. They're fun, easy, quite basic about you and your interests. However, we want to kind of you 
introduce a unique twist this time because normally you're answering them about yourself but this time i wanted to see how well you two know each other as friends so i'm going to ask these questions but i want you guys to answer for the other so that way we know how well you two know each other so let's get started with the first question so what is your favorite color emily's is black it is (laughs) um ashley's is i don't know um blue i like blue i don't know that i have a favorite color so i will give her that i would say like black or white too where were you born ashley was born in delaware but let me guess like wilmington maybe Close, Newark, um, at Christiana Hospital, but very close. I would give her that. Um, and Emily was born in Laguna Niguel. Close, I was born in Laguna Beach, but yeah, next town over. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? Emily is an only child. Ashley is one of five. Hobbies in your spare time? Tennis. Tennis. We started taking tennis together so we could have an answer for this question when people asked what our hobbies are. <laughs> you have any pets? Yeah, we she both has have a dog, dog named Murphy. She has a dog named Perry that she got. I was with her actually in Toledo. There's a little suburb called Perrysburg. So her and her husband adopted the dog and named her Perry because that's where Ashley used to live in Toledo. Yep. Favorite TV show you're not on? Ashley's is Real Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Emily's. Uh, she doesn't have like one, she goes through them, but she just finished like the second, um, House of Car or no, sorry, uh, Game yeah, of Thrones, like spinoff. Yeah. Favorite type of music? Emily goes through phases of like, like emo, like country, slow jams. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ashley likes like party, upbeat. Like, yeah, the opposite top of hits. Yeah. yeah, but country too. She does like country too, but she likes like yeah, the top like the top hits. Favorite movie? Uh, I don't even know what my own favorite movie is. I, know. <laughs> I don't know that I know hers. Favorite book? <laughs> Same. I would. I mean, I again don't even know what my favorite book is. I can't. I like read a book and a week later I can't even remember anything about it. Yeah. I feel like I don't have a good book memory. Ashley does read a lot, but I don't. Yeah, know but I read books. all these like. They're like beach reads, right? They're just like these. I'm gaining no knowledge from them. <laughs> They're just like fun. Neither of us is reading anything educational. <laughs> yeah. Favorite cartoon growing up? Okay, honestly, I never liked cartoons growing up. Same, same. I only like like never real We're like not into that. <laughs> Favorite season of the year? Emily's is fall and winter. Mm-hmm. Ashley's is summer, hands down. Yeah. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? Ashley would go somewhere with a beach. Yeah, and um, I think you would go somewhere with a beach. I think yeah. you'd go. Yeah. Favorite food? Noki. Ashley's is Noki. <laughs> Noki. <laughs> yeah, I, an Italian. Um, Emily's is probably like guac or queso or something Mexican. Like Mexican, yeah. Favorite adult beverage? Emily's is champagne. Mine is champagne. Um, Ashley's is. Like a tequila soda right now, I would say. Right now. It can change, but right now. Yeah, changes, but yes, right now. That's probably what I'd order. If you're an ice cream flavor, what would you be and why? (laughs) 
Um, Emily would be um, Carrie. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I just like, I don't know why this is what came to my mind, but like for Ashley, like, like soft serve vanilla with like some rainbow sprinkles on it. <laughs> wow, very detailed. <laughs> Who is your first celebrity crush? Emily's was probably like, um, like Michael Bolton. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, mine was like definite. I think I feel like what pops in my head is Matt Damon. Okay, so that seems a little late. But um, <laughs> Ashley, I have no clue what yours would have been. Like, like this was Nicholas who was our Shay. first one. And it, you know, probably somebody like 98 degrees or. or, or I, I just said Nick Lachey. That was like oh Nick Lachey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked those or like in. I don't yeah. even. Yeah. Probably one of those guys. See, I was on it. Yeah. Given the choice of anyone in the world, who do you want as a dinner guest? With Ashley, it's tough because I could picture her picking somebody like Hoda Kotb, or I could see her picking like a real housewife. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to have dinner with a real housewife. I just like to watch their show. Um, I could even go like as serious as like the Pope. I think that would be yeah. kind of cool. I could see you going like very serious or very like fun. Yeah. Let's do, yeah. Emily's met the Pope. Have, well, I haven't know. met. Oh, okay. I covered you, his visit to. Covered, I covered, you covered his visit. Him. You might as well. I was close to him. Don't let the facts <laughs> get in the way of a good story. Yeah, I met him. <laughs> First ever job. I worked at a gym, like stacking weights and in their babysitting room. I worked at a daycare. Biggest pet peeve. A Ashley's is when I'm late. That's her biggest pet. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's probably like when people don't do something they're supposed to or like committed to. Probably like more related to yeah. work. A joke people always make about your name that they find funny, but you're just annoyed by it. I mean, I have a lot of, people say a lot of nicknames for my name, like Schley and Smashly and Trashly. And like, you know, like people have just really taken the names through the years. Like, I don't know that I'm annoyed by any of them, but um, they found a way to find some funny names. I don't think I have. I don't have. I don't know. Most people would call her boss. Boss is my last name. Yeah. People call me that. All right. What is your guys' advice for anyone who wants to get into the industry and also for those who want to get out of this? <laughs> um, so I would say to get in. Um, Networking is great. I thought my internships are really what um, would help me the most as far as getting those first jobs. You know, once you get your foot in the door, things start moving um, faster for you. So internships are great. You learn so much in those. And then you also meet contacts during during those periods. And there's there's a great chance that maybe during those internships, you might get offered a job, even if it's maybe not the job you want um, then, you know, it could you could work your way up to that. So I just think... Um, Networking, you know, will never go out of style. Networking will never get old. And and internships are really important. Getting out, um, I don't know. You have to check back in with me if I ever get back in. But getting out, uh, it was the right choice for me and my family um, at the time because I just don't think I'll ever get this time back. Um, but it is it is scary. It's scary. And um, thankfully, you know, there's so many people who have done it now. And there's, there's Facebook groups of of reporters who are getting out. I mean, so there's, there's a lot of people that you can 
get in touch with to just see what life is like on the other side who kind of make you feel better about going through it. You're not, you're not alone doing it. Um, and it's, it's big. It's, you lose a little sense of yourself. It feels like when you first leave the business, you feel like, um, being on air and being a journalist, that is such a huge part of your identity. And, um, it does feel like a little sad because of that when you leave, but I don't know, you know, you got it. I'm keeping busy with the kids. So I feel like now it doesn't, um, it doesn't bother me as much, but it is, you know, it, it is hard at first. And I think, you know, Emily and I have talked about that for sure, that, um, it's just more so than other jobs. You feel like it's a, it's a big part of, of you. Cause it is like personal, right? Cause we, cause you are putting yourself out there as a person. And I do think it becomes part of your identity for a lot of different reasons. But, um, I would say for anyone getting in, like be willing to do the hard work. Like you're not going to start off as like Diane Sawyer. So like you, I do think like you have to be willing to, and I think that goes a long way in a newsroom too. Like no matter what market you're starting in, even if you do start in a larger market, like you have to show that you're willing to like grind and do the hard work. And that earns the respect of your peers too. Um, even if it's not like Ashley said, your dream position, like <laughs> you can climb and get there, but you're not going to get there if you don't go in with like the right attitude and work really hard. Um, and, uh, I would say getting out of the business, kind of what I touched on earlier that like, you have a lot of skills from being in journalism that like, you know, you might have a big learning curve in your next job of like figuring out a bunch of stuff like Excel spreadsheets and PowerPoint, but like, (laughs) you know, there is so much that you also bring to the table that people with other backgrounds, don't. So like, you should feel confident that you do have something to offer. Um, even if, you know, you read some job descriptions and it was really hard for me to find job descriptions that were exact match with my skill set, but I would apply anyways. And I would still get the call because, um, I do think we have something and exactly what Ashley said, get on the other end of things, networking, <laughs> because even when you're getting out, the networking helps so much too. And reaching out to former journalists, um, that, I mean, the woman who hired me at the police department was a former journalist who I'd never met, but I think she felt that camaraderie and wanted to like help me, you know, make that step out of news. So I do think networking, if you see somebody that's a former journalist, that's maybe in an industry you're interested in, reach out and ask them like to have coffee or a zoom call with you to pick their brain. Cause, um, yeah. And Emily, really quick. I know when I, was dabbling and, you know, thinking of, of getting out into a different field. One of the things and I was just like meeting with people, one of the things people um, had said to me that was a negative um, of, of on-air talent going to a job like PR um, or marketing was the writing because the writing that you do in news is totally different, right? You're writing how you talk, you're writing in short sentences, you know, you don't have the, um, those people felt like they had been concerned in the past about that with, um, on air talent. Do you feel like that was hard? Yeah. What's interesting because the police department, like Julie, who hired me over there, who was former news, she was trying to change how they would share stuff because it was so formal and so like, you know, 
like police reporty, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, they'd put, you know, the date and time at the beginning of the tweet of like when something, ha- you know, instead of telling what actually happened, it was buried in all these extra details. And so we tried to change how the police department was communicating to be more news like, but I do know what you're talking about. And I had a couple of corporate interviews where I think that was a concern too. Like we do write, it's not necessarily like proper, uh, even like press release writing, but I I see that as a strength because I think it's conversational. I think the way you write for news is like conversational and engaging. You might just have to like, I mean, what you'd write for what's in the prompter might not be like a proper sentence because you're <laughs> right. delivering it as spoken. Yeah. So you just, yeah, you just have to probably like be aware of that. Um, I do think that that can be, it depends. I think some people might see it as a plus and some people might see it right. as a negative. So if any of your old viewers from Toledo, Baltimore, or elsewhere stumble upon this interview, do you have any messages for them? <laughs> oh, um, miss you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'll see you again soon. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you for, for watching us um, during those times. And a yeah. lot of them, you know, now with social media have stuck around and, you know, I, was looking at my tweets yesterday somebody was like hi I miss you I'm like oh that's so like sweet to hear and and um yeah just just thanks for watching us and keep in touch we can keep in touch on social media (laughs) all right well thank you for your time we appreciate it and if people want to connect with you guys on social media where do they need to go to do that yeah um Instagram or Twitter I think I'm like Ashley James News on Twitter that's the place yeah Um, um like on Twitter I'm just at Emily Boss all right. Thanks again, ladies, for your time. And thank you for joining us for Broadcast Bulletin. You can follow along with all of our latest episodes online at broadcastbulletinpodcast.com, your favorite podcast platform, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others. YouTube, please subscribe for our latest episodes and follow on Instagram at Broadcast Bulletin. I'm Jim Stent, and we'll catch you on the next one. The views and opinions expressed by the guests in this episode of Broadcast Bulletin are solely theirs. They do not reflect those of their past or present employers, nor those of Broadcast Bulletin or its hosts in any way. Oh, where was I? Where were you born? I thought you said we're being boring. Um. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You probably are being boring, but where were you born?